Hello out there, science nerds. You're listening to Evolving with Mr. V, a weekly podcast that covers the week that was in AP dual credibility and much more. I'm your host, Mr. Oscar Velasquez, your master of the biological arts, and this is officially episode six, week six of season two of the 2020-2021 school year. In this week's podcast, we will recap the week of September 21st through September 25th, our sixth week of virtual distance learning. In this week's second segment, biology in the news i'll recap some of the biggest headlines in biology making waves in the news world today and in our final segment we go back into mr v's mailbag where i'll answer some more listeners questions feedback from our mailbag and what i call mr v answers your questions or at least tries to now before we begin the podcast we need to hear from our sponsor in a segment i call mr v needs some macromolecules This episode is brought to you by Carbohydrates. Hey, have you heard some fake news or some wild conspiracy theories saying carbs are bad for you or that carbs are evil, that carbs will make you fat and that you shouldn't eat any carbs? Well, get that unscientific blabber out of here because carbs are essential. Oh yeah! That's right. Carbohydrates made of carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen are part of an essential diet keeping you energized and healthy and also keeping you on your feet all day long. Now, carbohydrates are not only your major source of energy, but also provide you with raw materials to build other macromolecules like lipids, proteins, and nucleic acids. And they also even store energy for later use. It can also be used as structural components in some living organisms. So get that fake news about carbs out of your brain and digest your favorite carbs. But just like with any other food, eat your carbs in moderation. Good sources of carbs can be found in fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and rice. Side effects of carbs include being energized, feeling like a rock star, flatulence, and earth bending. Oh no, what a nightmare. And we're back. Thanks once again, Carbs, for sponsoring this episode. But now, it's time to hit that rewind button and recap the week that was in AP Dual Credit Biology. So for this week's content slash concept recap of the week, I'm going to focus on two essential and crucial reactions we need to understand and know about that build and break down macromolecules slash polymers. And those are dehydration synthesis reactions and hydrolysis reactions. Wow, that's cool. Now, first let's review dehydration synthesis reactions. And the key thing here to remember is that these are the reactions that build polymers. Yes, that's right. Every macromolecule from a carb, a lipid, a protein to a nucleic acid in living organisms, in living cells, will use dehydration synthesis reactions to build them. Now, in a dehydration synthesis reaction, we join monomers. We join building blocks together as a water molecule. Yes, that's right. A water molecule is formed and released in the reaction. Now, one monomer will donate an OH group, a hydroxyl group. The other monomer donates a hydrogen ion, and you put those together and... Water is formed. 
Now, the resulting bond that forms that holds the monomers together is a very strong covalent bond. Now, a couple other things to remember in these macromolecule building dehydration synthesis reactions is that they will require energy since we are building something, we're building bigger molecules, and we'll always have enzymes assist with these reactions and help join the monomers and create that covalent strong bond. So to recap, dehydration synthesis reactions build polymers, water is formed and released, and covenant bonds are formed to join the monomers together, and they will require energy and enzymes. Oh, and by the way, dehydration synthesis reactions are also sometimes known as condensation reactions. Cool story, bro. Now, a hydrolysis reaction is the reverse of a dehydration synthesis reaction. In hydrolysis reactions, cells, living organisms, use this reaction to break down polymers to break down macromolecules. Now, in a hydrolysis reaction, a water molecule is used, consumed in the breaking of a covenant bond, cleaving off a monomer from a polymer. So notice, water helps break or split a monomer from a polymer. So it makes perfect sense to call this a hydrolysis reaction. Hydro, which means water. Lysis, which means to split or break. So hydrolysis breaks polymers, macromolecules, back into their monomers, back into their building blocks. Awesome! Now, hydrolysis reactions will require enzymes to assist in the breaking of those strong covenant bonds. But in these reactions, also known as digestion reactions, overall energy will be released. So to recap, hydrolysis reactions, these will break down macromolecules, polymers, will consume water molecules, use enzymes, and release energy. Now, make sure you go back and review your notes, your textbook, to see diagrams and maybe even some animations of these reactions to get a better visual understanding of these crucial reactions. <laughs> Now, here's a question to ponder and a little Easter egg for our next quiz. To cleave off a monomer or join two monomers, these reactions will either consume one water molecule or produce one water molecule. So let's say your cells are either building a polymer that's 50 monomers long or breaking a 50 monomer long polymer. How many water molecules will be produced or consumed to complete these reactions? I I was wondering. So think about that question for you never know. It just might pop up in our next quiz. No way. Way. Well, that recaps our two crucial and essential reactions needed to build or break down macromolecules. And hey guys, we'll be visiting these reactions often throughout the entire year. And that, my science jabronis, was the week that was in review in AP Dual Credit Biology. And now for our second segment, Biology in the News, where I'll share and summarize some of the biggest headlines making waves in the science world today. So this week, I have two big headlines to share and summarize with the first one dealing with the coronavirus. Now, according to the latest research from HHMI, some severe COVID-19 cases are linked to genetic mutations or antibodies that attack the body. Ay, caramba! Yes, 
two new studies offer an explanation for why COVID-19 cases can be so variable and fatal in some patients. Now, in this study, they found a subset of patients that have mutations in key immunity genes and other patients that have auto antibodies that target the same components of the immune system. Now, in this study, they saw that both circumstances could contribute to severe forms of the disease, where the immune system attacks the body instead of the virus itself, making coronavirus a devastating disease, especially with no vaccine available to the public yet. Now to our second story, and a very sad one at that, 356 elephants dropped dead in Southern Africa. Did bacteria poison them? Well, in May and June of this year, conservationists discovered the carcasses of 356 elephants in Botswana's panhandle. Now some of the animals appeared to have collapsed and died suddenly while walking or running. Others seemed disoriented walking in circles before they died. Now, while the elephant deaths have ceased, their cause has remained a mystery, creating fears among some experts about the future of these mighty mammals in a country where the conservation has largely been a success story. Now, none of the bodies contained bullet holes and no tusks were removed, implying that ivory poachers were not involved. Some experts suspected that poisoning by local people might still be to blame, while others thought something in nature was the most likely explanation. Well, just this past Monday, Botswanian officials announced their answer. Neurotoxins produced by cyanobacteria, a type of microscopic algae that we'll actually discuss when we hit photosynthesis, caused the elephants to die after they drank from large puddles that formed after rains. Now, while some conservationists accepted the explanation, others did not. They did not consider the mystery solved and feared that the elephants could again face renewed danger danger due to some questionable methods in the investigation. Now, I'll keep a tab on this story as more information is found and see if the cyanobacteria is to blame or if there's something more nefarious to blame. Well, that's it for this week's Biology in the News, recapping once again some of the biggest science headlines making waves in the news world today. And now for our final segment, Mr. V's Mailbag, where I'll answer some more listeners' questions, feedback sent via email, Instagram message, or Google Classroom. You've got mail. Now this week, we have one question in our mailbag. And this question comes from username, Gabby is a rockstar 24-7. And it states, hey, Mr. V, I'm really enjoying the podcast, but I was wondering if you could talk about how octopuses are able to change color, like when they camouflage. Well, Gabby is a rock star 24-7. That is a great question. Now, octopuses have some of the most unique and beast adaptations when it comes to surviving in its watery environment. Now, along with its ink burst and high intelligence, its beast camouflage is one of its most amazing feats, which allows it to survive in its environment. Now, when we hit our evolution unit and discuss adaptations, I have one of the best octopus camouflage videos ever one that will blow your socks off but to answer your question let's look at the octopus a little closer now 
Octopuses, once again, are incredible animals that use camouflage to catch animals they want to eat and hide from animals that want to eat them. Now, we know octopuses have very good vision and they use it to better camouflage themselves. Now, there are three ways that octopuses can use camouflage. Now, the first way that octopuses use camouflage is to change the way their skin looks and feels. Yes, the texture. Octopuses control muscles under their skin that can make it look smooth or bumpy. For example, if an octopus is near a bumpy plant, to better blend in with it, it will change its skin to match the plant's bumpiness. Wow, that's cool! Now, a second way that octopuses use camouflage is by changing the way they move. For example, to camouflage itself as a rock, an octopus will not only fold its eight legs close to the body and change the way its skin looks, but it also will change the way it swims to mimic the way waves might push a rock through the ocean. So that is pretty cool. Now finally, a unique way that octopuses use camouflage is by changing the color of their skin. Now octopuses can control the color of their skin because they have special cells in their skin that are filled with different colors. Now, these cells are usually yellow, red, or brown and are attached to small muscles that can change the size of the color cell. To change the color of the skin, octopuses will make the color cells bigger or smaller by stretching or relaxing their muscles. For example, let's focus on cells with red pigment. If an octopus relaxes the muscles connected to its red color cells, these cells will become really small and we would not be able to see red on the octopus's skin. However, if the octopus stretches the muscles connected to its red color cells, these cells will also stretch and get bigger so that we would be able to see lots of red in the octopus's skin. So by changing the sizes of all the different color cells, the octopus can very rapidly create complex patterns that allow it to better blend in with its surroundings. Thus, by changing its shape, behavior, and color, the octopus has an array of different camouflage techniques that allow it to be successfully hid from even the most observant animal or human. Cool story, bro. Well, there you go. Gabby is a rock star 24-7. Hopefully, I answered your question. Well, that's it for this week's Mr. V's Mailbag. Hey, do you have a question or feedback about biology, the podcast, awesome movies or shows, or just life itself? Well, don't be scurred and send those in to ovelas at nsd.net or send it via the Instagram page, Evolving with Mr. V, or send it via our Google Classroom. Now, before we end the podcast, a couple of reminders for the week. First, make sure to be reading Chapter 5 from your online textbook, Campbell's AP Biology 11th Edition. A second reminder, those of you doing asynchronous learning, you need to make up the quizzes you missed the day that they were given during tutoring hours. This is a must. Duh, really? And finally, a third reminder, guys, our next quiz will be Thursday, Friday of this coming week over carbs and lipids. No way. Way. And hey, here's a little help, a little hint 
for the carbs and lipids quiz. Guys, make sure you're able to spot, identify, distinguish between carbs and lipids when it comes to its structure. The quiz will have several images, pictures that you should be able to identify it either as being a carb or a liquid or possibly being particular types of carbs or particular types of lipids. Well, that's it for episode six, week six of season two of Evolving with Mr. V. I hope you found this episode informative and somewhat entertaining. I want to thank Free Music Archive, Sound Bible, and Zapsplat for the music and sound effects on the podcast. This podcast was written, produced, and recorded by Entertainment 720, a Velasquez production company. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment on the podcast on your podcast listening platform. Also, make sure to follow the Evolving with Mr. V Instagram page, keeping you informed of all things AP Dual Credit Biology. Well, this is your host, Mr. Oscar Velasquez, your master of the biological arts, signing off and reminding you to please, please, for your professor's sake, read your chapter five. Wow, I can't believe you guys waited to the very end of the podcast. Well, since you did, you should be rewarded. Guys, if you sent me a picture of yourself reading chapter five of your online textbook and tell me what specifically is being shown on page 67, the picture on page 67, you will get five points added to your latest quiz, the one over carbon and functional groups. I will take the first two individuals from each period. So guys, congratulations, you read it to the end and hopefully you'll be able to get this reward.